Welcome back to Better Health, everyone. I have Katie Marie Hughes here, who's an, a dear friend of mine, and I'm so thrilled to be able to share a little bit about her journey and all the different things that she's doing. She basically does everything. She's a dancer. She's a Christian music singer, a new mother, a wife, co-founder of Love Co. and Simplified Investing, and so much more. So she's she's jack of all trades. So Katie, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I just absolutely adore you. And I love what you're doing on this podcast. You're an amazing human and you sharing your life is such a gift. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I know that what you're going to say is going to give so much life to everyone listening. We have a lot of amazing topics that we're going to touch on, um, but to warm us up, give us a little context on where you grew up, where you're living now, along with a little background of yourself. Yeah. So I grew up in Michigan in a small suburb of Grand Rapids called Jenison. And um, it was a beautiful place to live. But my parents really had a desire for us to get to be out and around in the country so much more. It was kind of a small little city. And so they were both teachers. And my older two brothers and I, uh, along with my parents, got to really explore this beautiful country in our mm-hmm. summer times, three months together. And that just really I think expanded my vision of what life could look like. And so, you know, I early on found this deep passion for dance. And so I pursued it to the best of my ability and became a professional dancer when I was still in high school, which was amazing. And that was an incredible experience. And, you know, I branched out into different disciplines of dance and dance professionally with multiple different companies. And in the midst of that, actually, my brother and I, all of a sudden, we're passionate about music as well. And so out of the blue, really, God gave us this passion and idea to start a Christian pop R&B group called 316. And so we wrote all of our own music and we had background dancers and danced together. And we actually started touring nationally and we did so for five and a half years. And and um, I'm continuing with music and it's a big part of my heart. but. When we were traveling so much, it was just so exciting to get to see different places um, to live. And so Brian, my middle brother and I, who had the pop R&B group, lived out in Denver, and he actually lived there for seven years. And it was so fun to go from the West Coast of Michigan because we... Our family eventually moved out onto um, Lake Michigan, where they get 3% sun in the winter to sunny Colorado. Like, oh my goodness, it's winter (laughs) and the sun is shining. Yes. And so that was a whole new aha moment for me. And I had lived in Florida several different times. Um, That's actually where we had recorded our nationally released album at the gate. And Florida just kept calling me back. I live in Denver, then I live in Florida, then I live in Kentucky and on and on. And um, long story short, my husband, David, and I ended up moving to Sarasota, Florida, which is where we live now. We just celebrated our five-year anniversary of living in Florida. And this really is our promised land. I've lived many different places, but there's just such a a powerful peace that we experience here. And we still travel a ton, but um, there's really no place like home. And I'm just looking out at palm trees and sunshine and green year round. It's it's definitely medicine for the soul. Uh, I love that. I I feel the same about Florida as well when I'm there. It's just a, 
it's a different world where you just have this sense of peace from whether it's the ocean or the warmth, the sun, the people it's, it is incredible. So I don't blame you for feeling like, yep, this is where we're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would love to also know what was your childhood like in regards to health compared to like today? Well, I was so blessed to be raised by a mom who was born and raised on a farm. She was uh, one of six children and my grandma and grandpa had a beautiful farm on the east side of the state, just outside of Carroll, Michigan. And so she grew up with fresh fruits and vegetables and just a very from scratch kind of living. My grandma, of course, had six children and she would make everything from scratch and she would can and just all of the amazing amazing things that you imagine um, of a woman that lived at that time. And so already my mom was a very health conscious person, but her sister, one of her sisters ended up developing a type of cancer when she was only 21 to 22 years old. And so they actually dove in way back then. I want to say that was probably in the maybe late sixties to early seventies, long before I was born and they just wanted to go natural with all of it. And so they started learning about, you know, how to really treat Mm -hmm. symptoms from nourishing the body and and allowing the body to heal from the inside out. And so Mm -hmm. I, looking back on that, I know that that was a huge foundation even for me. And so when my mom and dad met, my dad actually had never tasted a green bean that had not been from like a green bean, you know, like aluminum can. And so his whole life was opened up and he was experiencing all of these fresh fruits and vegetables. And so my mom and I, my mom and dad actually just decided that they wanted to raise their family very naturally. Mm -hmm. And so uh, right after I was delivered in the um, hospital, Back then, only the dad was able to be in, you know, the recovery room. And so my chiropractor came in posing as my dad and adjusted me as a newborn baby straight out of delivery. And so he was my primary care physician my entire life. I never had a primary care doctor. Anytime I had to fill out any paperwork, I put my chiropractor down. And so that just gives you an idea of the way that I was raised And, you know, if we ever had some kind of uh, medical situation, we would go to the med center if we absolutely Mm -hmm. had to. And I never saw any other doctor. Of course, I went to the dentist. But other than that, there was just no allopathic medicine in my world. And that was such a gift. And so I've really carried that through my entire life. And my whole family is very much that way. We're into all kinds of natural medicine and just realizing how Mm -hmm. God made the earth with everything that we needed to heal ourselves is everything. And, And also understanding that you know, water doesn't heal us. Plants don't heal us. Mm -hmm. We just give our bodies what they need to then heal themselves. So it's Mm -hmm. really all about supporting the body and giving it what it needs. And also just getting out of the way and allowing our bodies to do what God intended them to do. Wow. That's beautiful. What an incredible blessing to be able to have that lifestyle all your life, because there's so many people I meet where, you know, they're very much that same way right now. And growing up, they were also very different of typical processed foods. And then there was a switch somewhere in between there. So that's what a blessing to be able to have that clean lifestyle all, all your life. Like 
incredible. I love that. (laughs) It really is such a gift. And I was too young to really remember, but my two older brothers remember hanging out on grandma and grandpa's farm and just picking rhubarb out of the garden. And I have memories of my grandma's gorgeous, huge garden because they Mm. also had just massive fields of um, beans and different things that they would grow and sell. But my grandma had this, I can't even Mm. tell you how big the garden was, just massive. And I remember seeing her out there and doing different things, but I don't remember just picking the strawberry and eating it. But, you know, that just having those memories is really such a gift. And we absolutely did have, you know, our occasional treat, right. like um, my brothers, I know would like mow the lawn and they would get to split a Coke, like a bottle of Coke. Oh, yes. And, you know, they just loved that. Uh-huh. And we had the occasional rare treat, but right. I never have had high C in my life. I've never wow. had any of the like lemonade, you pour the cup, you know, uh-huh. the little thing full of sugar. I've never had so many different things that a lot of people have had. And I really yeah. just testament that to my That's parents. Cool. So cool. So cool. And so it kind of leads into our next topic. You are fully plant-based and have been for what is it? 13 years, 13 years. Wow. Yes, That's incredible. So tell us about that. Like, how did you make that switch? Like why did you choose choose plant-based and um, just give us some context there? Yeah. You know, I really attribute the transformation and just even the understanding of a plant-based diet to the Lord. Like he absolutely led me into it. And so, you know, to track back when I was dancing, like nonstop, you know, all throughout my childhood and my teenage years and all pretty much through my life that I've been a professional dancer. I grew up in front of a mirror with a black Mm -hmm. leotard and pink tights. And that very much shaped my existence. And, you know, when I got a little bit older and I went on point and I started partnering, getting lifted up over a man's head, over a guy's head, you know, all of those different things were very much part of my mentality. And I also had some very old school teachers that said, you know, they just made comments and they would kind of cast in a certain way. And when I got to that place where I was um, able to join companies, I would even be told, you know, ah, I would just say like, mm. you're good, but if you could lose maybe like five to six pounds more, mm. I'll, I'll put you in front of this artistic director. And so quickly I understood, mm. especially being around other dancers who had full-blown eating disorders that I could adjust the foods that I was eating and I would see something different in the mirror. Mm. And so I didn't get really bad with my anorexic eating disorder until I was a senior in high school. And I just had different dynamics going on. I was about to graduate. I was dancing with this company and I just kind of stopped eating and Mm. I And I continued exercising on top of dancing. And so I I got thinner, you know, I probably lost 10 pounds and I was already a very thin person. I've always been just muscular, but on the thinner side. And I realized that if I cut out an entire food group, then I would have even less to eat. And I haven't even really shared this publicly, like this part of it, Mm -hmm. but I never liked meat. I never cared for poultry, especially red meat. Mm -hmm. It was always left, whatever it was, animal product wise, it was pretty much always left on my plate. So I think I always Mm -hmm. had gravitated towards plants. 
But when I was a senior in high school, I decided to become a vegetarian because then I just wouldn't even have to eat meat at all. And then I would just pretty much eat vegetables and maybe a little bit of dairy. So I really honestly loved that lifestyle. And I was able to kind of get back on track and gain a little bit of weight, you know, to try to get out of that eating disorder. And I was vegetarian for four and a half years, my senior year in high school, all the way through. Mm -hmm. And then I started incorporating a little bit of fish into my diet, but I never really got back into like the chicken and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So fast forward just a couple of years, my brother Brian's girlfriend at the time had stumbled across the raw vegan diet. And I'll never forget. I was actually, I was living in Colorado and I had taken a trip out West with my parents and I came back and all of a sudden Brian was like, Kate, you won't believe this. You know, uh, my girlfriend has found out about this diet and you pretty much just eat fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds. And this was at a time, it was 2009. It was at a time where like nobody had heard of veganism or plant-based anything. And so I, I, the first thought that came to my mind was, are you kidding me? Like, that's crazy. Nobody can live on that, you know? Mm. And, um, but something just struck a chord in me and Brian and I both just kind of jumped headfirst into it. And I just experienced this amazing kind of euphoria eating that way. And I already really wasn't eating chicken. I was having a little bit of yogurt, like milk yogurt and that kind of thing. And so Brian actually didn't feel great on it. He was teaching full time. Mm. So he kind of stepped away from it, but I continued it. And the problem with it was I didn't do it properly. Again, Mm. I saw it as an opportunity to restrict different food groups. And so I literally was pretty much eating just vegetables and maybe like a half of a white grapefruit because I knew there wasn't a lot of sugar in it. I was very afraid of sugar, very afraid of fat. And so my eating disorder just ramped up like never before. And I would say I got down to just north of 80 pounds at my lightest and I'm five foot six and a half. Oh, wow. So I was just skin and bones yeah. and, and I still had these little muscles popping everywhere, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. I still felt amazing. That's the thing. Yeah. I was working out a lot. I was going to the gym. I was, you know, dancing, but I, my body just started cannibalizing itself. Mm. And so fast forward, I had extreme adrenal fatigue, all Mm. of the, you know, I could sense that my body was shutting down. And one Thanksgiving was very scary. I'm sure that I was getting to the place of having a stroke or an aneurysm or something. I just experienced this pain in my head, like I'd never felt before. And I just had my head like in a vice grip 24 seven. And I was there with my mom and she was just crying and so concerned for me because she didn't want to lose me, but I just didn't know how to get a handle on it. And so, you know, I just made a decision. I never went away anywhere, even though my family threatened me with that. They did an intervention on me and just said, if you don't get this under control, like you need to go somewhere because we're just not willing to lose you. But I just dove deep and decided that it was time to stop punishing my body and to start nourishing it and treating it as the temple that God made it to be. And so I, I just really started to, eat the fruits, eat the vegetables and eat the super nourishing things. And, you know, I can go more into it, but 
that's really when my life transformed. And the crazy thing is my my body got to a very healthy place, which it's Mm. sad to me, but even saying the word healthy still has a stigma to me. If somebody tells me that I look healthy, it makes Mm. me feel right back to that eating disorder of, well, you've gained weight and you look good. You know, you look healthy. So it was definitely a journey, but what almost killed me through the plant-based diet actually completely transformed my life and allowed me to heal and to be at the place where I am now. Wow. That's an incredible journey. And it's really cool how real you are about the plant-based diet, because, you know, a lot of people, they might not be approaching it quite like they should be. And it could, you know, have negative effects versus the benefits that you are now experiencing. Um, and I, I'll, I have another question pertaining to that, but it's pretty crazy. Cause I feel like I can totally relate. I didn't necessarily go on a plant-based diet and restrict my diet in that way. But, um, there's, I, I struggled with like eating and not eating enough. I was waitressing. So therefore I was like, Oh, perfect. Like I'll have a salad and then I'm good for hours and hours and hours, even though I was like burning a lot of calories and just feeling like I, I need to lose more weight. And, and the whole fact of like somebody telling me, Oh, like you're just healthy now, you know? It, it's a stigma in your mind where you have to like say, this is a lie. I'm not going to believe this, but it's, it's can be tough because when someone tells you, oh, you're, you're like, you're healthy weight now. You're like, oh, well, I'm, I've gained weight then. And, and we were so conditioned to believe that, like, if you're healthy, then you, you have too much weight in our mind. And yeah. It's crazy. I, I like hearing your story. I'm like, wow, I remember feeling that still feeling this, all those things. So aside from that, I would love to know for people that are on the plant-based diet or want to go on or are just starting, like what are some really important details to remember and requirements to it, to make sure you are nourishing your body and not restricting to the point where your body's not getting certain nutrients or enough protein or whatever that looks like, what would you talk to them about? The most important thing to remember and to understand, this is a shift in perspective, is plants are incredibly nutrient dense. Like the the density, you know, per calorie of plants versus animal products, like it's not even questionable. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing is, they're not super calorically dense. And so when we go from like the standard American diet or, you know, a paleo or something that has animal products in it, Mm -hmm. we're used to eating a certain volume of food. And so, you know, you take like a piece of chicken, that's the size of your hand and the thickness of your hand, that's going to be a certain amount of calories. Well, if you compare that piece of chicken, say it's 140 calories for a a small breast of chicken, Mm -hmm. well, 140 calories of celery, like I could stack celery stock upon stock and you wouldn't be able to physically consume that much. You would just feel ill before you could get 140 calories Mm -hmm. of celery. And, and so the biggest thing that I tell people is you have got to completely change your concept of Mm -hmm. how much food you're eating. And so the number one thing that I see people fail on is they simply don't eat enough. Like I'm talking volume of food and And so, you know, I am passionate to help people transition to a plant-based diet 
And, you know, they'll say, yeah, I tried that and it just didn't work. And, and so, you know, I'll, I'll ask them like, what would they have for breakfast? Oh yeah. You know, I'd have like an apple and a banana and then I would just be hungry. And I just say like, no doubt I would be starving if that's all I had for breakfast, you know, that's not going to do it. And so understanding where you can get not only amazing nutrient dense foods, but also get calorically dense foods Mm. in and understand how much volume you need to have is everything. And, you know, the second thing is if you're going to do a a raw plant-based diet, that's amazing, but you have to choose. There's really only two calorie sources that you can choose from, and you need to choose one or the other and not do both. So if you're going to do a raw vegan diet, you're either going to be heavy, heavy, heavy amounts of abundant fruit, a Mm. high carb, or you're going to do an abundance of fat. It's either basically fruit, you know, carbs or fat. And you don't have any other alternatives. When people do both, it just does not go well. And I've really found people thriving so much more on more of a fruitarian, like a high fruit, high carb diet when they're doing that with um, with raw. But you don't have to be 100% raw. Like I did that and I, I have a very... Um, disciplined personality. Like I went raw vegan and then I just like, didn't go back to, to animal products. But the thing is, you know, that's, it's takes a lot of discipline to eat that way. And it's Mm -hmm. also um, less convenient. So I think that if you really want to thrive on a plant-based diet, definitely get a lot of fruits and vegetables in, but you're going to want to focus on getting starches in as well. You know, all Mm -hmm. of your beans, potatoes, corn, legumes, that kind of thing. They actually have a healthy combination of the three macros, which are protein, fat, and carbohydrate. And so as long as you're making sure that like 50% of your plate is one of those starches, you know, or a combination of those, Mm -hmm. then 50% of your plate being the nice non starchy vegetables, you're going to be in a really great place Mm -hmm. and you're going to feel amazing. So there's, uh, there's some different hurdles that you just have to conquer. And the biggest Mm -hmm. thing is educating yourself um, because if you're super hungry like you're going to get hangry and then you're going to be like, this just doesn't work. And so knowing, you know, those, those initial things are very helpful. And also food combining, like I was mentioning with the Mm -hmm. raw diet, definitely don't be eating handfuls of nuts with bananas. That's just, it's going to mess up your blood sugar. The um, glucose Mm -hmm. isn't going to be able to get into the fructose, isn't going to be able to get into the cell and, you know, getting more on the biological standpoint. So there are definitely some important things to remember when you're, when you're jumping into that. All of that is very new to me in regards to knowing that, you know, you're the fat based or you're more like fruit, like fruit based and so fascinating. Are there any like key resources if someone's like, okay, I want to educate myself on this that you would advise them to, to read or listen to? Absolutely. So, um, I would say, you know, 
get on YouTube. You will find anything and everything on YouTube. There are incredible plant-based people on there. I'm actually a certified holistic health and lifestyle coach as well, but that's not a a big part of what I focus on. I help individual clients and maybe in the future, I'll be getting more into group coaching, but Mm -hmm. I really like the standpoint and just the, um, the holistic perspective and also just the, um, like wholesome factor Mm -hmm. of eat, move, rest. Um, Erin and her husband, Dusty, I don't know them. I've never met them before, Mm -hmm. but they have a channel called eat, move, rest. She actually has two children. Um, They have a very natural lifestyle. They, they uh, focus a lot on fruits and vegetables, but they make sure that they're getting those starches in and just, they raise both of their babies plant-based and she had two vegan pregnancies as well. So eat, move, rest for sure. And then also Dr. McDougal with the starch-based solution, he really teaches you how to thrive on um, a high carb plant-based diet. And he's also very wholesome with all of his Mm. content. And also Mike, the vegan M I C Mike, the vegan, Okay, definitely check him out because he goes down to like all of the scientific research and he has, you know, he basically shows you all of the research and then shows you in the notes where you can go and research yourself just about what a plant-based diet can do for you. And right. so you can have both the practical, here's what you should do here are the recipes to also like, here is the scientific proof um, why you, you might want to adopt a plant-based diet. And then, um, the last one I'll mention is Dr. Joel Furman. And, um, he, he kind of founded the concept of nutritarianism, um, where you're looking for nutrient density. And so he talks about the, um, five most important food groups. He calls them G bombs, which it's Mm. greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and nuts and seeds. And so those six, those are basically like your super, super, super foods. And he's all about just getting highly nutrient dense foods in there. And um, he's just a very healthy guy too. Wow. Love that. So that'll all be in the show notes. Sounds like a lot of value there and it can set anyone up for success. Hopefully if you're educating yourself and you're very interested and want to dive into that. So thanks for sharing all of that. And talking about vegan pregnancies, you had a vegan pregnancy. And now I want to get into this topic of how you transitioned and you actually had a home birth, an incredible um, birthing story. And there's, there's just so much that you dove into and you researched and you made sure you were doing it right for, for you and for baby as well. And so talk to us about your home birth and what that looked like leading up to it. And then the story of your birth. Oh yeah. It was such a divine experience. Um, it was one of the most powerful things that I have ever experienced in my life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you may be listening or watching this and think like, what? I haven't heard many women say it was the most incredible experience. (laughs) And so, you know, April, I'm sure you're just like me where like you grew up with women all around you. I don't have any sisters, but I do have a mom and I have several aunts. Some of them have had children. Some of them haven't. And it's just like all over TV, the movies, Mm -hmm. it doesn't take long for a small itty bitty girl to understand that birth equals horror basically. And so all that. 
it's plastered everywhere. You're going to need an epidural. You're going to be screaming, you know, all of these different things. And that is absolutely not how God intended birth to be. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, you know, David and I had really talked and prayed about if, if we were going to have children, which is crazy to even think of, because he and I both growing up always knew we were going to have children. We love children and we always had a desire to be parents, but Mm -hmm. we just found that in our marriage, we were so complete in the Lord and so complete in each other that we, and God had so much for us to do with our different businesses and ministry Mm -hmm. that it was like, I don't know. Like we, we honestly don't know if, if a child is going to, or children would fit in it. And so prayed about it. And then, you know, one day God really laid on my heart that it was time to start a family. And so prayed on it. We were like, yep. All right, Lord, um, we trust you with this. And so not too long after that, we were traveling up in Michigan and I one day out of the blue was like, Whoa, I hate food. I can't stand the smell of it. I can't stand the sight of it. Like I think I'm going to throw up. Yeah. And I was like, oh no. Well, not, oh no, but it was like, oh boy, here I am in Michigan. I, you know, I'm with my family. I'm with my husband and I don't know, like I have a real strong feeling that I could definitely be pregnant. And, you know, I hadn't like had my period in probably six plus weeks, which another thing I'd love to touch on real quickly Mm -hmm. is when I was struggling so badly in my eating disorder for really four, four plus years, I was Mm -hmm. severely malnourished. I actually lost my period for four and a half years, zero, like amenorrhea for four and a half years. And so I just, yeah, I was like, Lord, you know, I, I trust you. But when I was in it, I just Mm -hmm. couldn't see anything else. And it was like, yes, I want to have children, but more than that, I want to feel healthy. I want to feel comfortable in my body. I didn't want to feel healthy, which is so sad. But, um, so being able to get my period back through nourishing my body was amazing. And I did that all through plants. I didn't have to use any, any animal products or, Mm -hmm. or animal adrenal support, anything like that. And so, you know, when, when I got pregnant, I was so excited because I knew that God had restored my body. And so long story short, we ended up taking a road trip down from Northern Michigan all the way to Florida, which I highly do not recommend when you are pregnant. If you're kind of at that six week mark, if you experience any sickness, it definitely wasn't morning sickness. It lasted all day, every day. Um, And I was trying to play it down because if I was pregnant, I really wanted to surprise David and I wanted to surprise my family when I was ready. And so, you know, I was trying to play it down, but I was feeling so sick. And Mm -hmm. so I was able to kind of keep it from David until I could get a pregnancy test. And so my best friend, Jen came down, she was actually standing in our driveway when we pulled in from that trip in Michigan, she had just come in from North Carolina and I just had to tell her, and she's the, the one that like, if I had a hangnail, she'd be like, girl, you're pregnant. (laughs) like our whole relationship, you know, when I was married to David. And so I said, no, I'm not pregnant. Long story short, (laughs) she took me to Publix on the corner of like Osprey. And I don't even remember, like 
in Sarasota. I was pregnant. It was the best moment of my life, but I was super just, I felt very, very sick and I wasn't really able to eat. So through kind of trial and error, I switched to a fully raw vegan diet for probably about, uh, seven weeks, I would say. And I was able to eat and that was really amazing. So about the 13 week mark, I started feeling much better. There were still definitely foods that I didn't want anything (laughs) to do with even like my greens. I drank an amazing grass supplement every day, but I had to change the flavor because the flavor that I always loved was like, what were a few other foods that you would eat? consistently before. And then during that time, you were like, yeah, I just couldn't, couldn't do it. What were some other examples? Oh my goodness. <laughs> what, what did I not like? Yes. Um, I would say any kind of Mediterranean kind of falafel, parsley, hummus, that kind of a flavor. I just could have absolutely nothing to do with beans, salsa, anything to do with cooked tomatoes. I I could not handle and, um, protein powder couldn't handle the protein powder that we both love. So I ended up, Jen gave me this other protein powder that I was able to use. And yeah, even like my vegan pregnancy, uh, prenatal that I had, there were times where like that just, Ooh, I had to just kind of down it. And, um, yeah, so there were definitely a lot of foods that I stayed away from. I ate avocado pretty frequently. (laughs) That's good thing. That's nourishing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was trying to find the calorically dense things, but I was finding that in my, in the beginning stages of my pregnancy, once I met with my midwife at 12 weeks, I was, kind of losing weight steadily Mm. as, you know, Gabriel was gaining weight. And so it was kind of a journey to just get myself to eat enough when I wasn't feeling well in those weeks. Totally. I bet. I can't imagine. So, so you're around a certain point and you were starting to get better at eating and everything. And did you always know you wanted to do a home birth or did that pop up, you know, at a different time? Um, I, I feel like you probably already always did, but I don't want to assume. <laughs> well, the thing is when I met David, we had a whirlwind romance, you know, we met, um, virtually through a friend, but we didn't talk or communicate at all for a year. And then all of a sudden one day God popped me, uh, my name on David's mind to connect through music. And so we got on the phone and it was like, the end from the beginning was all laid out. And so we talked for only five days and the fifth night on the phone, we committed our lives to each other, had never seen each other, had never FaceTimed, had only, you know, seen a picture on social media. And so that fifth night we knew we were getting married, but I was actually about to fly out to Colorado to finish uh, an album out there. So I was out there for three weeks and the first opportunity I finally got to fly and see him 40 minutes after he picked me up from the airport, I turned around. He was down on one knee and asked me to marry him. And I absolutely said yes, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And then we were married 19 days later. So we met on (laughs) May 18th, got engaged June 14th, and then got married um, July 3rd. And we're coming up on our seven-year anniversary. So all of that to say, David also had a crazy health journey, really uh, a scary journey, went through a lot, but he had found out about home birthing and we had talked about, you know, what we wanted to do if, if we wanted to do birth control, if we wanted to try a more natural 
method and home birthing had come up, but because I had only been around circles of women who shared horror stories, Mm. um, my entire life, I just immediately said, well, there's no way I could do a home home birth. I'm going to want an epidural. Like that was just ingrained in my mind. I don't know any women personally at that point that had had home births, none of the women in my family. And so Mm -hmm. I just felt very like, I want to know that I'm not going to be in excruciating pain. And I just don't think that's for me. And so David was just super gentle and and understanding. And we really kind of dropped it. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until a couple of years into our, you know, it was probably about two years into our marriage. I had met a girl who was assisting in midwifery and she had shared just a little bit about it. And I was excited to kind of mm-hmm. hear about that. And I would say it wasn't until I was the worship pastor of a church here in uh, Florida, where the concept of supernatural childbirth had come my way and we weren't having children yet, but I had found out about basically the redemption of Christ and the way that, you know, Eve was cursed as a result of the fall, Jesus became the curse. And so I didn't have to take on that narrative that there was increased pain and childbirth and suffering and all of these different things. I could actually be redeemed from that curse to experience supernatural childbirth the way God originally intended. And so they had shared with me this book, you know, whenever I wanted to have children, they said, just make sure that you read um, supernatural childbirth. And so I had that in the back of my mind. And it was just such a God thing, how, how that was all working out. And actually one of our uh, coaching students out of the blue had no idea that we were in the process of conceiving, sent us the book, Supernatural Childbirth. Oh, wow. And she said, it was just on my heart. I just feel like the Lord's going to bless you with a child soon. And I, I want you to read this book. And so I just have chills thinking about it. Yeah really probably two to three months after we received that book, I got pregnant and I started just reading it. And I had such a deep desire for, for home birthing. Mm. And it had been those years leading up to it from finding out about supernatural childbirth. And so it wasn't even a question in my mind that I a hundred thousand percent wanted to have a, a supernatural childbirth that I wanted to be able to have our child in our home. And so we had looked at a birthing center, but it just wasn't the right fit for us. I really just wanted to be home with David and with my birthing team. And so I, I, um, had come across my doula who is now a dear friend of mine and just meeting her over the phone was incredible. And then we did Bradley method birthing classes leading up to our birth. And I'm telling you the empowerment I received from the education and just the understanding that God made women to have babies was such a light bulb moment for me that like our bodies know what they're doing. And the more I was educated on the process and the beautiful cascade of hormones that God made to allow us to give birth to our babies that is completely inhibited and shut off um, when we go the conventional route, it it was just everything to me. And I want to give a disclaimer 
Every single woman's birth story is different and unique, and we can have a birth plan all day long, but there are times when we need to have interventions or when we need to go a more conventional route. And so I just want all of you listening and watching to know that there is absolutely no judgment whatsoever, no matter what your story is. I'm just sharing my experience and, you know, grace to you. And it's amazing that you were able to give birth any, any woman who has, you know, been pregnant and, you know, has even miscarried or has uh, given birth to children. Like you are all heroes in my book and it's, it's a supernatural experience. So yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. as I, I started meeting with my midwife and I did a lot of research on, on who to go with, um, I chose my midwife, I chose my doula and every single time I met with these women, they just empowered me more and more and more to know that every single thing that I could ever need to nourish this baby, to, to build this baby with God's help. He did like a hundred percent of the work. And I basically did zero other than allowing him to do what he wanted to do with my body. But the more that I learned that I had everything inside of me, the more I just was excited. I, I can tell you with assurance, I did not go through a single point in my pregnancy other than one I'll tell you about where I had any fear. I had no fear. I had nothing but joy and excitement about the journey and joy and excitement and even anticipation about going through the birth process, which was totally counter to any other woman that I had ever met, you know, that hadn't gone through the home birthing process. That's incredible. That is amazing. And, and for those that are like, I'm really interested in this, but I don't know, like, how do I find the right midwife or the right doula? How did you go through that process? Did it, did it take a little bit to find the right people? Did God just place the right people? And you were like, wow, amazing. And you didn't have to go through too many trials. Like, how did that look for you? Yeah, I definitely researched first. I just simply looked on Google Maps to see what was available in my area for midwives. So sorry, uh, we, we're heading into um, another meeting and we've got Gabriel. I Google Maps just to see what was available with um, midwifery. And um, actually, my midwife had shown on that search and then also one that was further south than me. And so I just started getting on the phone and kind of interviewing, finding out word of mouth who was going to be a good option for me as well. And then when I was at a holistic center uh, helping my dad with his treatment for cancer, I had found a card that had um, basically, she wasn't a doula but she was teaching natural birthing classes. And I talked to her and she actually led me to my doula. So it was really um, a short process and it was a very prayerful process, but you can absolutely look up, you know, the, the National Association of Midwifery and doulas, and there are really powerful resources so that you could do national research and really find the best fit for you. Yeah. Amazing. That's so helpful. And so If you could sum up in like key takeaways for women that want to take this journey and, and approach, you know, a home birth and, and that whole process, like, what would you tell them? Like what advice to, to really inspire them and get them encouraged to do so? Well, there again are super powerful resources on YouTube. There are actually a lot of women who share their live birthing journey and speaking of birthing, here's my sweet. (laughs) Son, I could Gabriel. hear him. 
he's so real Jackson. He is <laughs> 10 months old now. Yep, he's our, our beautiful gift. Yes. It's April. And I hope you don't mind. I'm just gonna nurse him while we're talking here. Um, so I would say get on YouTube if you're even at all interested about learning about having a home birth. I would just research um, you know, positive positive home birth Mm. story. And you're going to pull up so many different testimonies of women, because the more testimonies you get, the more um, understanding you have, it builds your confidence Mm. to realize, Hey, wait, yeah. Like if Mm. I was pregnant and I went into labor in a field in the middle of nowhere, my body would actually take over and it would know exactly what to do, even if I didn't know what to do. And I didn't understand that my whole life. I thought like, you just have to decide, okay, now I'm going to push. No, 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 no. Like Hmm. there is a time where your body decides I'm going to push. And then you say, Oh, I'm going to push. Like it's something that is really so supernatural. Your body takes over and you have no idea. Like for me, I went from one moment of going through contractions to the next moment. I took a deep breath and my body started pushing. So YouTube is a powerful resource. And then also, you know, read Supernatural Childbirth. Mm -hmm. It's just an incredible, incredible, incredible book. You know, if you've experienced miscarriages, if you have ever had difficulty in childbirthing or conceiving, this book is for you. Basically, if you have any interest in having children or if you already have and and you want to learn more about what God has for you with childbirth, it's incredible. The author Mm -hmm. had had multiple miscarriages. They told her she was never going to be able to have babies. She was able to conceive and she actually had completely pain free childbirth, um, which is incredible. So, um, I would also say, you know, it, it's great to even just be able to talk to someone who has had a child naturally through, um, like at home, there are birth centers, different places around the country. Um, if you're interested, there are people who are willing to just talk with you, even if you're not, um, in the process of conceiving or you're not pregnant. That's really good to know. And I mean, talking with someone that has actually gone through it is huge. You can grab so many good nuggets from just one conversation and really helpful. I love it so much. And um, the last thing to kind of start wrapping up is how does minimalism tie into all of this? You know, the home birth, plant-based diet, like how important is that in your life? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Minimalism is has absolutely transformed my life. It's transformed my husband's life in really every facet, which seems wild because it's just basically the understanding and the the lifestyle of simply just having the things, the relationships, the mindsets, the emotions that serve you and letting go of the rest. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I was raised, um, very healthy. I was also raised to hold on to things because getting rid of them would be wasteful. And so I I always had a very um, 
clean, uh, organized space my whole life growing up, but we had a lot of, of extra things. We had a lot of things stored. And so I actually had come across Marie Kondo of all people <laughs> on a Netflix, you know, a series that she had. And when I had heard about minimalism before from the minimalists on Netflix, I just thought, you know what? I love my stuff. Like, I don't want to get rid of my stuff. I love my closet. It has like a thousand things in it that I don't wear, but I might want to wear them someday. So I just never knew that this lifestyle was available to me. So long story short, I kind of binge watched Marie Kondo's first series on Netflix. And this light bulb moment hit me where she talks about things sparking joy for you. Don't hold on to things that don't spark joy that are just kind of meh in your life or have negative emotions or memories attached to them. You can actually let them go and only have your favorite things all around you. I finished watching it and I am a person of decision and I'm very disciplined. As I mentioned, I went in my closet and it was all of a sudden like this beautiful tornado occurred because I realized I've been given permission and freedom to let go of all of the excess that doesn't do me any good. I want to experience life from a simple, clean, joyful perspective. And so That was three years ago coming up next month. And we have removed 90% of all of the possessions that we had. And when David and I, you know, got married, we were well into our adult adult years. He Mm -hmm. had a household full of stuff. I had a household full of stuff and pretty much kept a lot of both. And so we just did this beautiful cleansing process. We were able to really bless some ministries down here in Florida with beautiful clothing and furniture. I'm not kidding. We got rid of two small U-Hauls full of stuff and an entire full-size Penske truck, not stacked uh, bottom to top, but completely front to back worth of um, donations. And I've also sold clothing on um, an online consignment store. And, Uh you know, we've just continued. It's more of a lifestyle than like a one and done. And it it really is everything. It gives space Mm -hmm. in your life for you to just enjoy the things, the people Mm -hmm. um, that really matter most. That's amazing. I, I've, it's been on my mind a lot and I've done little purges of just becoming more minimalistic. And so this is inspiring me even more, um, especially considering that we're going to be moving in the future of just like, there's so much stuff here and, you know, half of this stuff, like, what is the use of it anyway? Like it's just sitting. So I, I, I sense a little bit of minimalistic tendencies coming in the near future. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, I'm here for the whole journey. You know, you cool. always got me in a corner. <laughs> I love that. And I appreciate appreciate that so much as well. So as we start to wrap it up, we have the rapid fire questions. Yes. Um, so the first one I have for you is what books are you reading right now? I'm reading Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graziosi. Um, That's the main book that I'm reading right now. And it is such a game changer. It's it's incredible. Um, Another book that I will say um, that I've recently read that's just transformational is The One Thing. I know the author, but it's not at the top of my head right now. But if you just look up up The One Thing. 
Yeah. It really is all about basically minimalism in our lives and choosing the most important thing um, and then allowing all the other things to kind of cascade on from there. So I would say exactly. those books for sure. Love that. Love that so much. Um, the next one is what is your favorite food? By far, hands down forever will be mango, like Ooh. true Florida tree ripened mango. And we live where they're everywhere and you just pick them up and, and they're orange and just full of juice. And you're amazing. in the right place for that. Yeah. <laughs> you're obviously a Florida girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is your definition of intentional living? Mm. <laughs> you know, it's grabbing the moment the here and now, like you're never going to have it again, because the truth is you never are going to have it again. And so really having that laser beam focus on this precious moment right here and treating it as if it is a once in a lifetime moment, because it truly is. Mm -hmm. So and allowing everything else to just fall away and understand that, understand what matters most and then live from that perspective. So good. So good. Uh, what is your favorite travel destination or dream destination that you have? <sighs> Fiji and oh, like Bora Bora, that mm-hmm. whole area is definitely, um, on our top place to visit. Like <sighs> would love to go there. Yeah. I love it. I'm, <laughs> I'm dreaming of it right now. <laughs> um, and the last question is what's one thing that you do that helps you to continue to grow and be better? Ooh, boy, that is so good. Rapid fire. I'm not rapid. That's a tough one. (laughs) You know, I would say um, continuing to pour into others, um, like with all the coaching, like life coaching, really, that David and I do. I have to be on my A game and I have to really be taking time out for myself. So I would just Mm -hmm. say, pouring into others and seeing how I can help them grow and become better um, makes me naturally just have this deep desire and also spending time with the Lord. Like he just shows me ways that I can grow and better myself and move from glory to glory. And so mm-hmm. hanging out with him, you know, just makes me like, yeah, I want to be more like you. I want to be more <laughs> like you, Jesus. <laughs> so good. I mean, perfect example right there. <laughs> um, how can listeners connect with you, Katie Marie? Yes. So I'm on Instagram. My handle is life with Katie Marie. And I actually just launched a new YouTube channel. I amazing. Yeah, that was in, I want to say March. So it's just been a couple months. I have 10 videos up and you can find me if you do a search on YouTube life with Katie Marie. And I share all about minimalism and decluttering and, um, capsule wardrobes, travel wardrobes, Mm. packing, just all kinds of, uh, fun ways to clear space so that you can really live an intentional life. I love that. So if anyone's interested in minimalism, that might be a good channel to start following and subscribe to. (laughs) Definitely. And definitely I'd love to hear from you. If you want to DM me on either platform, um, I would love to connect with you and uh, share more of my journey and just see how I can help you. Perfect. Perfect. All that will be in the show notes. Katie Marie, this has been an absolute honor, even getting to have little Gabriel on with you as well. Um, So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. It's been such a blessing. Thank you again for everything you do.